0: Hi, I'm Cameron and I don't just read comics, I love them. Welcome back to another episode of Cameron reads comics. Today, we are going to be talking about Chip Zdarsky's Peter Parker the Spectacular Spider-Man run. Um I guess I need to just start off and let you guys know that I love Chip Zdarsky. So, whatever he's coming out with, I'm going to read. So like I, with with comics and with writers and artists and collaborative teams and just uh, I I used to follow character. There's only a few characters that I like, genuinely genuinely like follow now. Probably like Fantastic Four. I like Batman. Uh, I think I'm gonna be reading the ongoing Nightwing series these days. Um, but for the most part, like I really follow creators. So if I find out someone I love is gonna be doing something, I'll pick it up just for their namesake, not even for quite the character. So. I like Spider-Man obviously, but Chip Zdarsky on Spider-Man was really the reason that I wanted to pick up this series. Um, and I got it a couple months ago, so I knew it was just about time to crack it open. So I've been uh, plugging away at this series for a little bit of time now. I also just want to say that I think there's an argument to be made that Chip Zdarsky is one of the best writers at either of the major two publishers. He's done some great stories. Just some examples. This was off the top of my head. Um, He's doing Daredevil right now for Marvel and absolutely crushing it. Uh, Marvel 2-in-1, he did a series with uh, Ben Grimm, The Thing, and uh, The Human Torch. If you want to hear how I feel about The Thing, go check out my Thing by Dan Slott and Andre DeVito video. Um, okay, so everyone is hyped. I'm just, this is just one second. I just need to get this off my chest. Everyone was hyped about Batman 3 Jokers, but I think the best Jason Todd story since Under the Red Hood was Zdarsky's run on Batman Urban Legends. It was amazing. And that's granted I don't read any of the Red Hood solo stuff. That's not because I don't like the character, but it's just I didn't I didn't have any interest in reading that series. So Zadarski. I love him. I will pick up anything he writes. Now for this volume in particular, when it comes to the accessibility of the stories we're talking about, um Spider-Man is a character with uh obviously a broad history and like some of the most interpretations, uh the most takes on this character. So Uh, and, and even in this one in particular too, there's just a ton of supporting characters. So the thing I like about this though, and I think a a lot of Spider-Man stories, the majority, you can pretty much hop in and not know much. Like I think everyone in the world, and I don't say that lightly. I don't say that for euphemism. I just mean everyone in the world knows who Spider-Man is. They know his origin and that being the case. They know some of the pieces and they can put together. So for this story in particular, you don't need so much. I think if I was to make a recommendation, I'd highly recommend going and reading, if you haven't or aren't familiar with, the early Steve Ditko, uh, Stanley Spider-Man stories. I'd highly recommend reading those. Um, and then the... the Ongoing simultaneously with this title was the dance Lot Amazing Spider Man run, and so it's referring to both of those things. And there's characters that appear in both those things. So, if you're not completely familiar, and frankly, like I wasn't, I haven't read the entire dance Lot Spider Man because he was on the title for 10 years. So, um, I haven't read all of those issues, and but I've read a couple and I like them. So, I knew what some of the stuff was referring to in that run. Um, but yeah, so let's let's go into the story. Um I think one of the most important things about this volume that I that made that drew me closest to it was that it's not Peter Parker against world level threats, it's Peter Parker against you know street level threats. I think Spider-Man is a street level hero and my favorite stories with him are just street level stories. So that being the case, we're not we don't see any Green Goblin. Oh well, we do, but we don't see any like you know, the tale of the dance slot run was like, Red Goblin takes over the city and, you know, world-ending stakes. It's not like that. This one is very much just like the, the the ongoing villain in this story is the Tinkerer. And I loved the Tinkerer. I did not think that, like, that's a character that literally I thought was so silly when I first read comics. Because when I was first getting into series, I was reading the Steve Ditko, Stanley Spider-Mans, and I thought the Tinkerer was, like, such a silly I thought he was so lame. And then I don't know what it was about this story, but he made the Tinkerer work. And like, he didn't do anything like silly. He didn't poke fun at him. It was just kind of like, oh yeah, this is what it is. And this is the villain we're fight- fighting. And it's the Tinkerer. And it just made it work. I don't know what it was, but it's the Zadarsky magic that I think he does actually a lot. So. I I loved that. Um, there's there's an arc where old Spider-Man meets so like Peter Parker as we know him meets the Spider-Man of the Ditko and uh, Romita Senior era. That being the case, it's like uh they 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 do a different hash on Spider-Man No More, the infamous story I think Spider-Man Fifty, where Peter Parker quits being Spider-Man, and they kind of take. They go into an alternate dimension where the old Parker meets the younger Peter, like the 15-year-old 60s goofy guy. And 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 the artist does a really, really, really cool job making like comparing the modern Spider-Man costume to that era's Spider-Man costume. And like the Ditko-esque. It was really cool, even with the colors and everything. I thought it was very, very, very unique. Um, so that story. And but again, it's like I know I said it was street level and it's not super bombastic world chattering that story wasn't about like, you know, multiverse, like Spider-Verse kind of thing. Really, it was a story about showing, showcasing how Peter Parker has changed over time. And like, what would it look like if if Peter had permanently given, given up being Spider-Man and, you know, reflecting on the power and responsibility in that way. It's much more of a Peter reconciling who he is to himself story, as opposed to a, let's meet every Spider-Man ever. Not that there's anything wrong with the big bombastic ones, but I'm saying it works in this story. And I think that's what Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man as a title should be doing. I think there should be a street level Spider-Man book at all times. And like the flagship Spider-Man book at all times. One of the Uh, other features of this run that I think is so worthy of conversation is uh, the emphasis on J Jonah Jameson. Now, spoilers but in this run and it's it's, it's affecting current continuity so if, if you're not familiar with spider-man from 2018 on then i can't help you but in this story in particular j there's a there's an emphasis on J jonah jameson and zadarsky spends an entire issue of peter parker revealing himself his identity as spider-man to J jonah jameson and it is just brilliant. And so throughout this entire series, you have Jana, Jonah Jameson calling himself Spider-Man's uh, sidekick or, or not sidekick partner because it's Jonah. But uh, knowing that and seeing that interaction is, is actually so unique and interesting. And it adds such a weird new dynamic. And, and I guess the entitlement that Jonah feels as though he has to Spider-Man is so unique and it makes for such a dynamic and and you see that in the Nick Spencer run and everything, but uh, this one you see it the most. And like, it's so fresh and good. And, you know, Jonah is the one, there, there's some character aspects about Jonah that, you know, he can be a real piece of work, Spider-Man uh, character. But um, I think the the aspects that Zdarsky enhances about Jonah and, you realize his affinity for Peter and there's kind of a retcon from the past as to why why he brought on Peter at age 15 to be, uh, to work at the Bugle and be the photographer for Spider-Man. Uh, and it's just some hints of tender moments that are just like, whoa, like kind of knock your socks off in a really, really, really great way. So I want to I wanna applaud Dan Slot or I want to applaud Zdarsky because that was one of my favorite parts of this book. I didn't know I could like J. Jonas Jameson that much. So... There's also an Eisner award-winning issue of Spider-Man. Uh, it's issue uh, 310, and it's a one-shot. It's I think it's kind of what one-shots should be. There's a documentarian uh, going around asking New Yorkers what they think about Spider-Man. Uh, you know, just kind of one-shot, kind of like a nine-panel. It's a six-panel layout, kind of like uh, Mr. Miracle would be, like was. Uh, and it's their interpretations, and then there's a subplot in there uh, of... Peter meeting a young boy and kind of saving him from uh, the streets. And there's that narrative and there's a turn and I'm not going to spoil it, but it made me cry because I think it nails, it absolutely nails Spider-Man like who we think he is. And it's not only again, I think a lot of this is Peter working with, you know, Peter figuring out a lot about Peter in this story, which is, I think I, I I'm realizing it's my favorite kind of narrative he's figuring out who he is to himself and uh there's a tone about Spider-Man i think one of the one of the key aspects of Spider-Man that we forget as a public who just uh, enjoys him so much is that he is not a su- he's not an A-list like to us he's an A-list character but to the MCU he is not <laughs> like people are just annoyed by his presence you know for the most part and so i think there's a part there's a there's a a tone of Spider-Man in here that Zdarsky nails there. It's like he's, he annoys the rest of the MCU and there's like a little bit of annoying factor that we enjoy to witness as fans, but in the universe he's not into. So um, I really like that. And, and issue 310 kind of, there, there's a piece of that there, uh, but in in the whole series anyways, also referring back to Dan Slott's Spider-Man run, it's kind of revealed that Peter Parker has a sister, and it's a will they, won't they, are we actually family, are we not, How she and she's a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, and there's a whole story. It's her and Jonah with Peter pretty much throughout this run, and it actually makes for a really, really, really great story, and, and Chip Zdarsky makes some choices uh, to affect continuity and everything about Spider-Man moving forward uh, within that story, and uh, I thought that his use of this character who I didn't even know. I, I wasn't reading the dance lottery and I haven't read the story where she like her first appearance or anything or how that affects continuity. But I read this one and I liked her. I like, I like what she brings to the table. I like uh, that, that story. So I think it, all in all, it was really, really fun. Um, For the art in these books, there's like four main artists and I guess I'll break it. I'll just kind of time through. Cause this arc wasn't really long. It was four of these volumes, but I think it adds up to like a, uh, 20 issues so uh i have the i have the first two right here and then i have the last two in my car so sorry forgot about them but um yeah so the first one the first artist on the series is adam Kubert, and you know Kubert family they're all really great so i don't think i think he does the majority of the issues on this run so love adam Kubert. his art style works really 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 well um really beautiful Everyone's take on Spider Man is unique. He's a character with so many takes. So to see his his take, it, it just works. Um, I really, I think my favorite artist on the on the run though was uh, Joe Quinones, who Chip Zdarsky did his very famous run of Howard the Duck on. When I get that omnibus, I will read it. I will review it. You don't have to worry about that. But Howard the Duck on. Um, It's going to be really good. So I'm really excited for Howard the Duck. Uh, Going back into uh, Joe Canonis, he did the arc of uh, the multiversal Spider-Man and Peter meeting his younger self and that interaction. Uh, So I really, really, really liked that. Um, Yeah, I think his art... There's kind of a comic, like it's silly to say a comic element to it, but like there's a two-dimensional, um, cartooniness to the art, which I really like. Uh, Adam Kubert's very much more like kind of grounded, like you're you're right these days, traditional like uh, proper comic book art. But Joe Quesada has a little bubbliness, a little comic relief to it, and and that's what I liked about that art style. I think I think that tone worked for this book better, and I think for like, you know, yeah, Mike Allred is another artist he did an annual in this series and i really 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 liked uh mike allred he's a he's just a classic comic artist i, I if you don't know who he is i'm sure i could show you an image and i'll pop one up right now uh, i'll show you an image of him and it, they're really beautiful like he's a very distinct style um he did a one shot for j jonah jameson in this book and i really really liked that one shot so uh, it's just always a treat to see mike allred's art so we saw it it was wonderful as usual the other artist is uh, who picked up kind of the tail end of the book was uh, Chris Boccolo. and I think the, they, everyone has an opinion on Chris Boccolo. I'm not a huge fan, but I thought I think the way that he di- he did this story I liked. I liked the Spider-Man um, Sandman. It was a Sandman story. I don't even think I don't even think I mentioned that. There's a good Sandman story in there. Kind of went over my head. I I didn't understand what the problem was in that story, but you know that's just me. Uh, that's a reader error, user error. Um, but yeah, Chris Boccolo did the art on that one. I kind of liked his form, and I liked I liked his Spider-Man. There's one page in particular where Spider-Man's swinging through the city, and it looks really freaking cool. And I was like, heck yeah. Heck yeah, Chris Boccolo. Uh, and then 310, Chip Zdarsky wrote and illustrated that issue. So I I love... His art is... I, I don't... He's the kind of artist that uses very few lines, and so there's just enough lines to be there. And I really, really liked it. I like Chris. I liked he Chips and Arshkown's Sax Criminals. I really like his art there, too. So, you know, you I'm into it. Um, Overall, I'd give this rating of this series an 8.5 out of 10. Um, I think it's really, really, really great. There's some stuff and continuity that I wish wouldn't have affected it, but um, it did, and we had to take it and go for it. I also thought that... If I was reading this monthly, I think I'd be really frustrated because the Tinkerer arc takes place over like 20 issues. And, you know, it bounces around, but it always comes back. And I'm like, I, I, I'm a really big fan of 12 issue series, you know, maxi series, six issue mini series, like six, six issue story arcs. Um, so that was the one, that'd be my one knock on the book. But otherwise, nails Peter Parker. And that one shot alone was amazing. I'm glad I own it now. Um, yeah, so 8.5 out of 10. Remember, I'm Cameron. I don't just read comics. I love them. See you next time.